Nobody moves. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any moves, you'll danger yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. Nobody moves, please. We are going back to the airport. Don't try to make any stupid moves. Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes, were in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. The pictures of airplanes flying into buildings, fires burning, huge, huge structures collapsing, have filled us with disbelief, terrible sadness, and a quiet, unyielding anger. Yeah, and you what, just come out of uh, service at that time, hadn't you? Yeah, my, uh, my extensive seven-month stay in the uh, Navy, in which I saw no ocean. The only ship I saw was in a fucking warehouse that they built it into. And uh, I spent actually more time in the Regional Counter-Drug Training Academy in Meridian, Mississippi, than I did you know, doing any naval service. I was, I was kind of a, I was supposed to be other things, but you know, I, I got into issues with some of the hires up and they kind of fucked me a little. So they made me a kind of a groundskeeper and janitor of the regional counter drug training Academy where they teach DEA agents and like local police and all that, how to do drug raids and spot clandestine drug labs. And it actually, I, I actually set in on several of these lectures I watched a few of their operations. It, it shaped some of my path for the rest of my life, honestly. I imagine it would. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there, you know, supposed to be going to war in fucking Afghanistan or something to fight for what supposed freedom. But instead, I'm sitting here watching people train themselves how to attack the American people. And it's like, I've lived in houses like the door they're kicking in. You know, I have friends who grew up in some of these, like, project buildings. They had, like, mock-up versions built of. I'm like, I have friends that live in these. I grew up in places like this. Like, this is, they're fighting, they're attacking me. And it actually kind of changed my, my entire outlook. You know, I, I, instead of seeing what I was supposed to see and become more of a, a patriot, I saw what I probably shouldn't have seen. And I'm kind of your... your you're hiding in the hills in the cabin kind of guy at the end of the day, you know, I just, I, I'm just not going to go. So I, that's one of the reasons I don't, I don't, I personally don't own guns is I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared of the world and I don't want to be a part of it, you know, so I'm just going to carve out my own little spot, but. Well, that's the kind of, you know, the decision on me of starting to carry one is that I now think the it's gotten to a balance where I'm the sane one and I need it to protect me from the insane world. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not like a dangerous person, but I don't, I said, for my own mental health reasons, I think it's probably best I don't own one. But I recognize that. 
And there's, like I said, there's a lot of people who are too far gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a dangerous person. I don't think you are, but no, I don't think I'd either one of us is a harmless person. I'm, I'm, I'm at heart a hippie, <clears throat> just a hippie that saw his cause was already lost <laughs> and has kind of given up, <laughs> you know. But this is, you know, I still hold out hope. I just, I don't know what that hope looks like. And that's part of the reasons I want to do this show is, you know, to have conversations and maybe come up with a, an image of what the world could look like. You know, you know, what? where can we go? What can make it better? And so, yeah, glad you joining us on this journey. Yeah. And to tie in on all of that is our next conversation. Oh, boy. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. <laughs> yeah. Because of that nice little segue about dreaming of things that could have been, our next topic is what could have been. But instead, we got what we have. <laughs> yeah. We had an event that happened here in the United States. Everyone should know of this because we all promised we wouldn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> you might forget about Dre, but you Please not do not take any this. kind of laughter or something. Is any disrespect to anybody that was involved in this, to everybody who lost their lives, we hold you in our hearts. To everyone who went in as first responders, you were the heroes of the day. You deserve a lot more. And those who lost their lives on that, your family still deserve our ongoing support. To all that were touched by this, we, we failed you. Um, we forgot. We've, we've left it long in the dust. And we are in the midst of probably the worst chapter of our history since. That event should have been something much different. And you actually thought it was. <laughs> I did think it was different than what it is, yes. But even I had a gloom outlook of what we have. I didn't know it was as bad as it is. This research, folks, has really opened my eyes to something way deeper and darker than even I gave it credit for. And I grew up in the Reagan era. Um, I saw the war on drugs start. I knew our government was fucking against us. I kept everything that wasn't, you know, absolutely normal hidden in the closet and shit, folks. You know, I used to tease him about being the Reagan, about not being the Reagan years anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we finally grew out of that. Yeah. But yeah, and then we had it still is. this this event, and we're going to go through and to speak about the a little bit on the actions of the event, but a lot more on the aftermath. What have we become? Where did we go and why it all happened? Um, this event, of course, we're talking about here is 9-11, um, the worst terrorist attack to ever happen on American soil um, that we're labeling as a terrorist attack. The worst and, attack, not just terrorists. It's the worst attack on American soil. Yes. Um, and the outcomes of that particular thing have shaped what we see today. And we're going to walk through at least what I found on that. You know, my part of this was supposed to be a lot smaller. Um, <laughs> and in fact, it would have been extremely small. Um, they were big events. They hold a lot of meaning. But the details that happened for those events, you know, were mere minutes of life minutes this whole thing happened in less than two hours from beginning to end yeah um so to th 
And yes, somebody's made a movie of it. And I don't know why, how they got so much into that movie, but it was a good movie. Actually, no, I didn't. You talking about the Nicholas Cage one? Um, the the story of Flight ninety uh, ninety. Oh no, no, um, I haven't seen that either. I forgot that um, was a thing. But you know, some, somehow they packed a lot of information into that and and spread it to the point where it actually was movie length. And you know, kudos to them for doing that because all the research that I say is we've got a window of approximately eight minutes for the two flights that I was to look into and, and share the story on. Um, if you pull all the audio recordings from air traffic controllers and all the phone calls and everything together, it's like less than an hour and a half of, of actual data. And to talk about something that happened later is way faster and you will, in my opinion, take a whole lot of the impact and the meaning out of it. Um, but just to get, we're, we're going to give a quick gloss over of the events for folks that you know haven't heard all of it. You know, or a refresher, if you or have. a refresher, if you have exactly. Um, but I, I, in that, I found a lot of other things. So yeah, my my part of the topic is is definitely going to go a little bit deeper than you know was planned here. Um, and I think it's going to be a shock to my partner over here and maybe to a lot of you out there. Maybe not. Maybe you guys are, have known something I didn't all along, but this was a shocking revelation to me. And I know that, you know, other people have had other ideas, but it's bigger than even I thought. Uh, and we're going to definitely dive into it. Um, so you want to take us off yeah, on the day it started, it? man? All right, man. Uh, on the morning of Tuesday, September 11, 2001, 19 terrorists hijacked four commercial airlines. The attackers were organized into three groups of five members and one group of four, with each group including one designated flight-trained hijacker who took control of the aircraft. The hijackers crashed the first two planes into the north and south towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, and the third plane into the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia. The fourth plane was intended to hit a federal government building in Washington, D.C., but instead crashed down in a field outside Shanksville, Pennsylvania, following a passenger revolt that foiled the attack. Today on Stoner's Point Podcast, we're asking, where were you on 9-11? We're going to discuss the attacks in New York, D.C., and Pennsylvania that took the lives of nearly 3,000 innocent people. We'll discuss the Patriot Act, the war on terror, and the damage still being done today. We'll also get into a few of the countless conspiracy theories and a few of the inevitable conspiracy realities. Interesting. So, where were you and what did it make you feel? So, alright, we're probably going to lose our, our few listeners we have. <laughs> I, was in, I was in eighth grade. I was going to say, man, let's keep it, G, let's keep it PG-13 for <laughs> yeah, a little while. I will. <laughs> My reaction is going to be the hard part, if I'm going to be honest about it. So I'm in eighth grade. I've just recently learned that everything they've taught me was a lie and that the U.S. has been kind of a bully going all across the world. And this thought is new in my brain. I have this new revolutionary fucking like way born way too late hippie (laughs) going on. And I'm I'm pretty mad at the government. Right. So I'm in school. I'm talking to my girlfriend at the time. And this guy, his name was Steven Bach. I'll never forget him. He comes running down the hallway right before homeroom class started. Like, everybody turn on your TV. Somebody just started World War III. And so I turned on, we turned on the TV in the classroom, and it was the first tower had just been hit, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, it's, it's a big-ass building, you know, 
something, you know, somebody fell asleep, some something went wrong, whatever. Well, then the second one hit, and my first reaction was, okay, we're under attack, and that's probably what we get for fucking around all over the world. <laughs> that was my initial reaction. Mind you guys, I'm 14. <laughs> you know, the, the reality of it really didn't dig into me, honestly didn't dig me until I was in my 20s. The reality of what I watched happen. Uh, that's, but that second plane hit, and the time we spent the rest of that school day just watching the news. There was no school that day. We just stayed there all day watching the news. Right. And I got home, and I had to cut the grass, and then I went back to watching <laughs> the news. <laughs> yeah, man. Can't let that goddamn grass get another retirement. I argued with, argue with my dad. I was like, Dad, fucking world changing of, events, man. Like, dad, thousands of people died today, and you're worried about the lawn? So I cut <laughs> wow. the grass. Priorities, uh, man. <laughs> I finished the time to watch Bush's... Uh, uh, speech on it, which actually we use. I used part of in the, the intro for this episode. Oh, but, I'm uh, sorry. That's, that's where I was on 9-11. You want to you play that intro, man? I didn't mean to cut you out on it. No, no. I wasn't playing the intro. I'm going okay. to add that in the post. Okay, we'll add that later in the post. <laughs> yeah. All right, gotcha. But uh, where You're were you, sophisticated, man? man. Oh, man, me. Um, well, at this point, I was probably in the ver very beginning point of uh, a, a part of my life where I was still trying to figure out who I was trying to be and what I was trying to be wasn't working. So I was sitting over in a ranch shack trailer in a rundown place that the floors in the place were, you know, warped out, and, uh, worried about whether or not I was going to have a power bill, you know because of you know earlier actions in my life that completely fucked up everything that you would try to do at that point in history um and i was a very angry person that would just happen to catch a phone call that says hey turn on the tv and that was it so I, I turned it on and of course you know this was before cable was in everybody's house all over the place you know your satellite was becoming a thing cable was there but you know but uh that was 27. Yeah, it was it was just starting to get a little popular. But uh, yeah, the yeah, news, everything, TV. it was on every single channel. Oh, yeah, it was the, the aerial thing. Yeah, there, was, there was no channel. There was, there was no channel. It didn't matter. It was the same picture. It was the exact same phrase. It was just a different person saying it because I flipped them all. And it was immediately after the first plane hit. And, you know, the speculation, the, the newscasters didn't know what the fuck was going on. Nobody had any idea. They thought it was a commercial, a, a small plane that did it. And I was like, oh, I've, I've, I've seen some video footage of y'all guys crashing planes before. I'm 27 here, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, the Internet's there. It's just you got to take 15 minutes yeah, to see these graphic I, pictures. I discovered Rotten.com. I knew what plane crashes could do. Yeah, so <laughs> and, and that, that's a lot of fire and smoke and you know, hell going on up there for a little plane, you know. But okay, we had an accident. Well, interesting. A lot of people have died. And then the second one hit. And I'm like, holy fuck. And I didn't know what to think for a minute. And my first fucking reaction was anger. We're being attacked. You know, yeah, I was having a hard fucking time. But, you know, I grew up in the time where everybody had to say Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, you know, patriotism was, you know, a big thing, you know, it was for we had just come out of the freaking Cold War kind of a thing where, you know, we were hiding under desks during fucking drills for atomic bombs like that was going to do some shit. <laughs> we had just come out of that. Um, but Russia was still that that evil thing over there that might be able to do it. You know, the end of the Cold War. After the space race, you know, but we still got tensions over there kind of a thing. But, you know, patriotism was, you know, almost just like you were supposed to have yeah. it. 
And, um, and, and, it wasn't and, expected. In rural North Carolina, that's the way it was. It was it, you were still very much in the seventies, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much you, you're standing there, and that this is what you know, as in Rome, you do what the Romans do, and so that's how I was who I became. Kind of a black sheep, but um, <laughs> and I didn't. I was in a time where I was at the most angriest point in my life, actually, just as just before we met, actually. Um, so. Yeah, I was I was in that dark space, and this gave me a spot. I hoped I called to, to join the military. I wanted to go kill whoever the fuck was responsible. I wanted to blow shit the fuck up. I wanted their heads. I was one of those, um, and that seemed to be where a lot of people fell because this whole nation came together under that idea. We've got to get the man responsible. Yeah, I. In, in the days following, I started to actually feel a little bit of that, that nationalist sense, that, that patriotism. Um, there was a little bit of it there. But they kept knocking it down with, you know, the Toby Keith songs and the Charlie Daniels videos. And they, they kept knocking that shit down. <laughs> and, uh, but it, was, it, it tried. And there was a Let's moment. Let's just say if there was a band that was copying the Led Zeppelin style to sing the same shit, you would have been following right along. No, because they did that, and I hated them too. <laughs> Creed sucked. <laughs> so I. Uh, well, then it wasn't a Zeppelin type band. No, but I, I like I liked Soundgarden, you know. And that, if you're going to compare them to a real musical band, I would compare them to something like Soundgarden. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or, they, just or didn't, they just didn't touch to your generation, which I was well, just well, ahead of on them. They did so. A lot of the a lot of the the Bible thumpers really loved Creed, but it was all gospel. Anyway, yeah, they they you know uh, I started to feel a little bit of that, and there was a there was a sense of like maybe a, a hope of finally we'll come together and we'll fucking we'll do something. You know, maybe now this will be what we need to heal these hundreds of years of fucking bullshit we've been dealing with. You're starting to see that message come across in the media and with with um, the yeah, different I'm, shows. And I'm, starting, and I'm starting to see a sense of Congress um, stands on the step singing. Uh, some, I can't remember the damn song they sung. But, now. At the, but, but yeah, but then you start seeing the freedom fries and the and and you know, the the big tired trucks and the you know, message starts getting a little <laughs> a little old after a while. I feel you. It, it starts getting old, and the people spouting it the loudest are the people I hate the most. Yeah, and it, it starts to yet again become something that I it, it just if, if for years until I I was like maybe twenty two twenty three I actually saw the video of the guy jumping and heard the fucking phone call and all that shit that dealt with it and that's that's actually what really opened my eyes to the reality of nine eleven itself I, I stopped making it such a fucking woe is me look at this world I live in thing because like it it. It, it was it was a hell of a thing for a child to see, for a teenage boy to have to look it at. It was a hell of a thing for uh, you know, late twenties to see. It took years to process it, and when I was able to process it in through the eyes of a singular person, who I was able to connect with on some level, you it know, was what the I mean? single most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. Exactly, dude. To this and, date, <laughs> and then I started to look more into it, and it made me angry all over again, <laughs> but not. Not at, you know, I, I was no longer feeling anger in the sense of like, well, 9-11 was some sort of deserved thing like I was when I was a kid. It was more of a, what the fuck have you done to us? <laughs> you know, like any chance of hope that we felt, that's gone, man. Like that hope that we felt then, there might be other hope, but that hope we felt then, nah, man, that was, that was an illusion. So let's get on to the event that actually caused this particular oh, yeah. feelings. That's right. We were going to talk about it. All right. 
American Airlines Flight 11 was hijacked by five Al-Qaeda terrorists on September 11th. Fifteen minutes into the flight, the hijackers injured at least three people, possibly killing one, forcibly breached the cockpit, and overpowered the captain and first officer. Mohammed Atta, an Al-Qaeda member and licensed commercial pilot, took over the controls. Air traffic controllers suspected that the flight had been hijacked because the crew had, was no longer uh, responding. Well, no, no, they started suspecting something was wrong when the crew stopped responding. Later, they realized they'd been hijacked when Muhammad Atta's announcements for passengers were unintentionally transmitted across the air traffic controller. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, in the intro, there's, you hear a guy, you know, everybody sit down, no one will, no, you know, don't, don't do anything stupid. We're going to go back to the airport. That's actually Muhammad Atta talking to the people on the airplane. I, I had heard that record before, and I, for some reason, thought he was talking to air traffic control. But no, he was talking to people on the airplane. He just thumbed the wrong switch. Um, yeah, when he was telling them, we have planes, you know, sit down, don't try anything. Yeah. Everything will be okay. We're returning to the airport. Yeah, yeah. that bit, yeah. Uh, on board, flight attendants Amy Sweeney and Betty Ong contacted America Airlines <clears throat> and provided information about the hijackers and the injuries to passengers and crew. Lead hijacker Muhammad Atta deliberately crashed the aircraft into the North Tower of the World Trade Center at 8.46 a.m., killing all 92 people aboard and ensuring the deaths of 1,402 people at and above the aircraft's impact zone. Countless people in the streets of New York City witnessed the strike, but few video recordings captured the moment. Documentary filmmaker Jules Nade, I think, captured the only known footage of the initial impact from start to finish. Before the hijacking was confirmed, new agency, news agencies began to report on the incident and speculated the crash had been an accident. The impact and subsequent fire caused the North Tower to collapse 102 minutes after the crash, resulting in hundreds of additional casualties. Now, the second airline, the second flight, <clears throat> was American Airlines Flight 11. 15 minutes later. Yeah, 17 minutes well, it was after, held on the tarmac for 15 minutes. It was right, supposed right. to depart about the same time. 17 minutes after Flight 11 hit the North Tower, United Airlines Flight 175 crashed into the South Tower, killing all 65 people aboard in an unknown number in the building's impact zone at 9.03. The crash and subsequent fire caused the South Tower to collapse 56 minutes later at 9.59, resulting in hundreds of additional casualties. During the recovery effort at the World Trade Center site, work, workers uncovered and identified remains from some Flight 175 victims, but many victims as of yet have not been identified. The total deaths that day in New York were 2,750. The fires, caused, the fires the World Trade Center sites burned for over three months. The attack was the deadliest attack ever carried out on American soil, and we would learn it wasn't finished. Now, for me, it wasn't as much of the numbers um, as the actions afterwards. So with the other aircrafts over here that we had involved here on it, um, I don't have the names of the people that were on board. Um, and I don't have the minutes because I've honestly felt that any kind of minute by minute uh, exposure that I would try to give to this, I would never be able to do it with the proper justice. And it would, to me, 
Yeah, I, I just couldn't bring myself to go to that route. This thing has been done by professionals. It's been done to death. And I think to do it for me anymore in any style that I would actually you know, do it is it would be disrespectful to it. So I didn't go that far. I did look a lot deeper in the other side, though, to make up for this, to find out what their uh, the cost of this would be more. Uh, I looked into the cost of it a little deeper so we would understand yeah. why that happened and what it was all for. Because I think that's a bigger picture. But um, yeah, we had uh, Flight 93 um, that uh, right about the time that they knew that uh, the second one was not heading to the airport and it was actually heading to downtown Manhattan, uh, Flight 93 dropped off the radar as well. And um, our what little bit of a response that we had at this time was still flying around New York trying to figure out what the fuck was going on and to make sure nothing else was coming there because that's where the disaster is. Nobody thought to look any farther out. But however, they we did do some very good things with the, uh, the airlines. They actually grounded their flights out of the area, which really quickly turned into all flights are grounded, can't take off. We diverted all the airlines that we could that were in the air into Canadian airspace and you know, yeah, walk them over there. Everywhere. And if anything didn't listen, it was going to get shot the fuck down at this point. Yeah, actually, I, I remember them talking about that on the news. Yeah, they had permission. Weapons hot. Yeah. If they don't respond, blow it out of the fucking sky. I was expecting a whole lot more to happen, honestly. At that point when in this story, guy. as it was happening, I was anticipating yeah. every fucking plane in the sky was a fucking you know, potential bomb. Yeah, I thought we were going to be under full attack. And yeah, because <laughs> you know, when I saw what was happening, I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> oh my god I can't believe somebody figured this shit out and started doing it to us um, because you've been having you know hijackings all over the place before but yeah, not, not used as a hobby yeah <laughs> not used as a weapon though no, but no, somebody no. decided to use one as a freaking weapon they took the Japanese oh kamikaze idea and combined it with the old hijackings but yeah that, that flight these folks um, we are now about 25 minutes I think into it when they dropped off the radar um, they have been Notified, of course, by cell phones you know, about what's happening. They're, you know, they're watching the news on their little screens up there. Um, they know what's happening now. They know we're under attack. They know it was airplanes hitting the building, and they know if that they just turned around because this plane did a hard bank turn. And they're supposed to be heading west. Yeah. They did a hard bank turn. Yeah, they were all east. headed to California. Yeah, all the fuel that they could put on board. Um, so. These people knew what was happening, and I, 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 there's a movie about it. There's recordings. Uh, some somebody made a phone call out and let some let one of their loved ones know what they were going to do. So I think there was one that was uh, to a uh, a law enforcement. They they actually called nine one one and told them there that you know, we're we're going to do this. They decided they weren't going to be a weapon. Um, I don't know how they did it, but. They put themselves out there and they saved who knows how many lives by not allowing themselves to be a weapon. They took back, they tried to take back control of the aircraft and either couldn't take the controls or, you know, took the control away from the, the oh, hijackers. Yeah, guarantee they and couldn't succeed. Yeah, it, that one went down out there in Pennsylvania. All souls lost. Um, not only were all souls lost, the plane 
was lost. Like there was just a. It hit the ground so at over seven hundred miles was, an hour. Like, it, it, that is a lot of energy. Like the, the plane was gone. It was just a scorched hole in the earth. Yeah. It was insane, man. Like um, you look at it, and that was part of the conspiracy theories. It was like, oh, look at this hole, and it's like, no, that's what happened. Remember when we said <laughs> something about the things that should have been? Yeah, this flight should have been something that moved the nation. Yeah, it should have been a learning experience for us all. We missed it. Oh yeah, it Maybe. got used for a very short period of time, and then unfortunately. Contrary to our promise, we forgot. Um, there was another one. Fuck, I can't remember the actual number of the flight for. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the numbers for those two. Uh, yeah, like I said, forgive me, folks, on that one. I don't have the number of the flight handy. I thought this little quick deal here would actually have it, but we did have another one that came in in Washington D.C. Um, again, it, it was. I think 45 minutes into it when it came through and uh, crashed into the Pentagon. Um, also was lost there as well. Not as many on the ground, but that isn't the big point. The point is that we lost all souls on that aircraft for a, a gesture. Uh, so yeah, folks, um, if you remember, uh, the last time I was here, and you will hear it again. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of still stuck back in the Stone Age. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little long in the tooth. Um, I'm sitting over here with a brand new laptop that I was discussing earlier in a bonus episode that you will find in our uh, Patreon if you so choose to uh, help support us there. Um, but yeah, I've got this laptop over here that I've been trying to use for this. So uh, it's been a, a little bit of a learning curve that you're coming on with me here, trying to figure out how to use this modern technology. <laughs> um, I couldn't figure out how to actually work the mouse to get the thing to scroll. But I did find that information that I was looking for a minute ago with uh, the flight. Um, it was actually flight number 77. Yeah, that one um, circled over at 9.45 a.m. over, you know, so we're, we're talking, you know, uh, when did it start exactly? Eight fifteen, wasn't it? Bro, the the New York attacks. Yeah, uh, the first one hit the building at eight forty six. Yeah, so you you're sitting here an hour an hour later. Yeah, nine forty five circles over Washington D.C. swoops in low, smashes into the uh, the Pentagon there, and uh, was sixty four souls lost there. So I did a little bit better of a job than I thought I had done. But again, anything I'd have done would have fell short. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and there's really no, unless we do an episode on each individual event, like most podcasts I've seen with 9-11, they break it even into two episodes. Um, yeah, And man, it's I mean, like, you know, it's like we're here, like we're discussing the event, but we're more so to trying to discuss the aftermath of the event. So we're not, we're not trying to like disrespect, you know, the events themselves or the people who died in them. It's just what we're, what we're really here to talk about today is what happened after. Really? Yeah. Um, and that is, and I think we could probably take that from uh, the reaction from Bush himself while he was sitting there in Florida reading to some kids when all this stuff happened. Um, and the name of the book was like the, the, the runaway goat or something yeah. like that. He just wanted, he, he didn't do nothing. He just, all right, well, I'm going to finish hearing the story. And, I, I, and this was a, a <laughs> this was the very first contention of, 
what should we have done versus what we did is his reaction in that classroom. When he was told that America is under attack, because he already knew about the first one before he went into the classroom. Yeah. But everybody thought it was a, a commercial, you know, keep me posted, you know, yeah. Thought that was the end of it. We were going to just have a, a cleanup effort and send FEMA. And he was actually whatever. there on vacation. Yeah. He, he like, well, had, he was promoting it, it, his little, you know, reading program thing yeah. that he was, you know, doing. But yeah, he, he wasn't supposed to be working as president at the time, kind of a deal. Um, I think when, like, when I don't 2000 think, I don't people think they died. actually get a vacation, but I think they gave him a little time off to go sit and do his own He spent, he spent, I, I want God, what oh, he was spent it? a lot of time over his was, ranch, too. But. Yeah, he, he spent like, he'd been a president for like eight months at this time. And he had spent like six months of it, <laughs> like building fences and going out hunting with his dogs and playing golf and working on his ranch. We were actually sitting in a pretty good time to be. Yeah, American I mean, back I, was, then. I was sitting there. He gets a lot of flack for it, and don't get me wrong, he was he won't the greatest, but uh, you know, he gets a lot of flack for it. But at the same time, what else was he? What else was going on? You know, I mean. <laughs> I don't think we know what kind of president he could have been. He because should he have became been something because else. he became the president that needed or to be done. He was just waiting. <laughs> you know, maybe. You know. He's like, yeah, you know what? Nothing I do in these next few months are going to matter anyway. You know, when when all this, you know, you know come come September, it's going to be a very different world. So I'm just going to go hang out with my cattle. But if you if you take that that image when he was sitting there listening to the children, I mean, there, you know, oh, there's yeah. video of him before and after. I mean, he's uh -huh. all nice smiles and all this good stuff. He goes a little bit cold faced. And then when he's told that, when he when he gets that news, that very moment that guy walks in there, he he the smile disappears and he gets stone cold serious. When the guy's just walks into the room because he knows news is coming. Yeah. How bad is it? Yeah, you because know, we we've just had a plane hit a building. He knows there's bad news coming, but he didn't expect it. I don't think he expected that. You know, it was going to be we're under attack. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he went completely cold. His face turned. I don't a shade think of he red. was expecting. At the very least, I don't think he was expecting a second attack, a second hit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, there, we can get into it later about how much he, he might have been expecting, but I don't think he was expecting because he did go cold face. He, mind you, he went cold face, but he didn't give any commands. Now we're going to we're going to have to touch a little on the conspiracy side of some of these things because it, it, some of these things could be as plausible as what we know of as the fact. And I say no of as a fact because there's a lot of shit that's questioned yeah. about the whole thing. But we're going to try, folks, to keep and touch more on the conspiracy theories that surround this event in a separate thing for Patreons only. So don't forget to go and check that out. And while you're checking out all of our contents wherever, again, know that we thank you for joining us. And uh, don't forget to hit those likes, follows, and uh, leave comments, stuff like that. Let's mess with the algorithm, folks. Share it with your friends and let them all know. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. Um, but, yeah, Bush got that news, and, man, he turned a shade of red. I, yeah, that you know, he, he was upset, but yeah, he yeah, sat there. And to hear his own words later was he didn't want to cause a panic in front of the children and or the news folks that were in the back of the room that already had this news. Yeah. He, they knew before he did. <laughs> um, 
Um, he didn't want to cause a panic. You're sitting there at that point, and you hear this yeah, news. What, Your country is under attack, and everybody is looking to you. What do you do? Yeah, and and you got to sit there and take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his dad was president too, so he already knew that the biggest thing, he the the best reaction is not to react right away, right? Because any kind of reaction would have been pulled apart. Oh, absolutely. So he 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 kept that kind of close to his chest, you know, and. There's arguments that can be made of him being able to do the other things. But, you know, I think if I was, if every move I ever did is always going to be scrutinized throughout history, I might would take my movements a little slower. When I get big news, I might, I might get that stone cold glare. My eyes might go black, but I ain't going to react right away. You know? (laughs) And yeah, that was a click of a lighter for me smoking. Kids don't do that crap. Well, you know, tobacco is actually good for your breathing problems. It'll help kill your asthma. <laughs> Got a coughing problem from the smoking? Try heroin. <laughs> That's oh. right, folks. Heroin. Oh, the shit we used New to do from the ourselves. Bayer Company. <laughs> the price of education. <laughs> it was a child's cough medicine. And a treatment for morphine addiction. Oh, you got a problem with morphine? Well, once you try heroin, you'll never care about morphine again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, where do we get these? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. We're poor, horrible people, man. I mean, you got to break up the darkness. (laughs) You got to break up the darkness. I mean, you want everybody in their cars crying? No. <laughs> All right, let's flip a parchment paper and get called up with the conversation we're actually on instead of the one that he we already had. has handwritten notes. Oh, I've got pages and pages of handwritten notes, folks. <laughs> okay, so the news is broken. What happens next? Where do we go from there? We've been attacked. Everybody's looking for it. Everybody's looking for an answer. What happens? Well, George W. Bush, immediately thereafter, declares a global war on terror, calling on world leaders to join the U.S., saying every nation in every region now has a decision to make. He said in a national address, but of course, you know, it goes worldwide. He says, further, either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. This, this particular speech is going to be brought up again either in this episode or in the bonus section of this episode. But it wasn't, wasn't a great move. It wasn't a great move. Uh, at the same time, the, there's a lot of unrest over here. You got the 24-hour, you got all, all you sorts of like violence. You got to think the population that he's talking it, it, to yeah, at these moments. Off. Like the American populace was pissed off. And, but, you know, the, the, the news media with their 24-hour coverage and their constant, like, they were basically fear-mongering. I mean, there's really no other word for what the news was doing in the, in the weeks following 9-11. That period <laughs> is what I call the birth of the propaganda machine. Yeah, it was, it was pure Before propaganda. that, we might yeah. have had a little bit of propaganda here or there, but it was nothing like an actual government-instituted like, machine. Yeah, like Bush is, Bush is talking about attacking uh, you know, the, the Taliban and al-Qaeda. Meanwhile, America's tearing itself apart. Rampant fear and par- paranoia. You got shoe bombs going on. You got anthrax attacks. Maybe uh, you got mass hysteria. Um, we're still right there. In, this is right, right in the, the right after nine eleven. 
So, I mean, I mean, all these these things happen over a period of time, but these are all things that happen in American culture right yeah. after 9-11. Uh, Toby Keith got popular. Everyone was listening to Lee Greenwood. Military enlistment jumped, as did gun sales and church memberships. The country came together and immediately started to suspect each other of being French fry-eating terrorists instead of freedom fry-eating patriots. Also that year, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. But <laughs> and, uh, so, don't even get me started on the in NFL. October of 2001, airstrikes from the U.S. and the U.K. hit the Taliban and Al Qaeda training camps. A few weeks later, the ground invasion to Kandahar begins. And what day was that? Uh, I just have October of 2001. Okay, I, I have links in here I could go to. There's a major event that we need to hit before that. Before that, well, go for it. That leads into what you are currently breaking into. Go for it. Um. The day after the event, uh, September 12th, Bush got up with the CIA to find out who it was, what it was, exactly what we could do about it. Okay. Um, current information that they had said that it had to have been Osama bin Laden that came up with this plan and you know, hashed it. You know, of course, you know, he took credit for it. So, you know, let's, let's put the blame where he wants up at. And so... They wanted to come up with a plan to get bin Laden. CIA director says, I think we can do that. So he goes to his next in command, gives him some orders. Go get bin Laden's head and bring it back on ice. No clear orders have probably ever been given to any commander in any fucking service ever. Point blank. Just go do this. No orders on how, when, why. Just do it. So this guy goes over. And on the 26th of September, they're landing in Afghanistan. CIA. Not the military, the CIA. They take with them a whole bunch of money. And instead of going after bin Laden directly, camping out where we suspect him to be hiding and just surrounding the fucking area and kill anything that fucking moves until he dies of old age for all I fucking care, we could have got away with that. The world was on our side at this point. At this point, yeah. You know, oh my God, America has gotten you know hit with the terrorists. Welcome to the rest of the world, finally. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of how I felt in eighth grade. Um, like, yeah, see how it feels. <laughs> everybody, it's like the episode of South Park. Focus <laughs> in Tehran, in Iraq, and I mean Iran, in Tehran and Iran, were holding vigils about how sorry and how fucking much they sympathize with us at this point in time. Okay. We had all the sympathy from every civilized, civilized population on the fucking planet at this time. Um, so we go over there with our you know, CIA agents and we start spreading money around to the warlords of Afghanistan to start a civil war to root out bin Laden. I think we remember part of this. I, I skimmed over this part of my research because... Getting deep into the war of Afghanistan is something else I want to get into on a whole other episode. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember vaguely something about that, but I didn't research anything on it. Well, even this horrible choice to start a civil war to get bin Laden, there was another option that apparently escaped this guy's you know, brain you know, to just go and surround the area and close to some of the bitch off until he died of old age or until you got a shot off. One or two. Done and done. You know, even if we were there for 60 years until the guy died of old age, big deal. Everybody would have let us. 
Um, but no, he's, we, he started off a civil war. Okay, that was his plan. Let's let's accept that that was the best thing he thought of. He could do it this time. He kicks off a civil war, but Bin Laden escapes. Yeah. <laughs> had this freaking operation worked, as fucked up as the one we used is, had that operation worked, pack up, go home, leave Afghanistan in ruins, and you know, let them finish fighting so, it out, but we would have still been the fucking godchild of the whole freaking planet. See, I don't think... Mission accomplished, done deal. But that's the problem. A war that's over isn't as profitable as a war that's ongoing. <laughs> or did we think that the solidarity that we had put together from that attack because we're talking folks and there was left and right democrat it. republican fucking black white none of that shit fucking mattered at this time we were all americans we had all just been attacked we were all brothers nothing else mattered unless you were muslim yeah yeah <laughs> everybody came together to hate the muslims at this time you know like i said the one damn time i told my friend here this over the, over our conversations about this the one fucking time in my my entire life's history that the united states has pulled together left right black white didn't matter we pulled together behind one common core and it was to hate muslims and it's, I mean, yeah. To start what i think some people have described i think it was true to start the freaking ninth crusade uh, <laughs> Whether it was intentional or not, that's what we wound up with. I think with. it was just a known side effect of what what they were what they were doing. Because like I said, the way they acted in the first days of well, the first beginnings of the war in Afghanistan, it set them up to be there a long time. And you know, we never it was never over after after Afghanistan. We went it, it never ended, but we also decided oh, we got to go to Iraq too, and that's. That's a whole other discussion, Bush, Bush's fucking obsession with Hussein. Now, this is what started to break my patriotism a little bit. And I still love my country, don't get me wrong, but I can't stand the politics that are you know, trying to run it. Um, I still think the United States is the best place to live that I could choose to live in right this particular second. But that's a whole other conversation on mm -hmm. it. But this started to shake my, my patriotism. Like I said, yeah, I tried to sign up for military. The only reason I couldn't was because, you know, my lifestyle at the time, I was a little too fucking overweight and they weren't going to take me. And then the second time when they started laxing out a little bit because, you know, the full-blown war was out, I still couldn't join then because of my past history that put me into the situation I was in to be so fucking angry to want to join the military to just to go blow shit up. Um, so I, I didn't have an escape. I had to try to find other escapes, which led into a whole bunch of other bullshit. But back onto the important part, yeah, the CIA, you know, operatives, yeah, their their little thing failed. Now we've got the civil war that they started over there. We don't have Bin Laden, so we can't just call it quits. We won. We we got our guy, and you know, we're done with. And then you know, fix that if we can, or ignore it, sweep it under the rug, whatever the heck we could have done to keep our face, to keep where we were at this point, a unified nation, oh. job done. Let's move on as this unified nation that we have become to 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 figure out where we could go. But like, said, like we said earlier in that whole dig on lead in segue conversation that we had, that's not where we wound up at. Uh, and and the question is, did we ever intend to? Shit started sliding downhill from there. And yes, that's going to be one of the the conspiracy bits that we're going to have to get into for the Patreons later. So um, far so as back home now goes, we're in this war that you had just brought up. Yeah, we're in this war overseas, and. Basically, what I put about this war was that it basically lasted forever. Uh, the war with Afghanistan, the war on terror, it's still, I mean, we're not in war with Afghanistan, but that war on terror is still going on. Um, but as far as back home goes, the U.S. did what the U.S. government does best. It made itself a law with a fancy name. 
specifically chosen for a time when patriotism was in style. The Patriot Act, also titled, and I fucking shit you not, I laugh so hard at this, an act to deter and punish terrorist acts in the United States and across the globe and to enhance law enforcement investigatory tools and for other purposes. I <laughs> shit you not, folks. That is the long title of the Patriot Act. And right behind <laughs> that, we also got H.R. 5005, the Homeland Security Act. Oh, boy. I didn't even go into the Homeland Security Act. <laughs> I figured the Patriot Act was enough, but we probably should. I probably should have gone both ways with that. Either way. In general, the act had three main provisions. Expand surveillance abilities of law enforcement, including by tapping domestic and international phones. Second, easier interagency communication to allow federal agencies to more effectively use all available resources in counterterrorism efforts. And finally, increased penalties for terrorism crimes and expanded list of activities which would qualify for terrorism charges. The law is super controversial due to its authorization of indefinite detention without trial and due to the permission given to law enforcement to search property and records without a warrant, consent, or knowledge. Since its passage, several legal challenges have been brought against the act and federal courts have ruled that a number of provisions are unconstitutional. Opponents of the act have been quite vocal in asserting that it was passed opportunistically after the September 11th attacks, believing that there would have been very little debate. And there was. In fact, most senators and Congress and all that, they didn't even read the act. Like one congressman very publicly made a statement, listen, if we read every single act that was put in front of us, do you know what that would entail? And, you know, my response is, well, doing your goddamn job. But, yeah, that's, a lot of them didn't even read the fucking act. In fact, there was some pushback about that act and the Homeland Security Act. And most of our Congress folks at the time, including some very popular ones that are prominent today, including our today's president, were mm -hmm. on board with trying to keep all this stuff. Oh, yeah. They didn't want it to go. <laughs> we needed all of that. In fact, um, we were still in the war that was described as good versus evil. Yeah, and we and, labeled ourselves. Bush labeled it as a fight that we were good and they were evil. When you start labeling yourself as good or evil, if you label yourself as good, you have to do evil things to get rid of the evil. <laughs> you're not vanquishing evil. You're becoming not good. So there yeah, is no more you're, evil. You're Anakin at this point. <laughs> that's how you get rid of evil. Yeah, so that that was what I think yeah, actually turned it into the Ninth Crusade is the fact that we labeled it as, as good versus evil. And back to a cut point if necessary. But uh, yeah, but uh, he even went to the point during his uh, national speech to called the expanded war on terrorism. He named out Iraq, Iran, and North Korea, as well as Afghanistan, as the axis of evil. Yeah, something we've done before. Yeah. Which brings us to when we did that before. Now, remember, <laughs> folks, at this particular point in time, we still have the full support of NATO. Everybody thinks we're all on the same side here and we're fighting against, you know, because we, we got, you know, attacked over here and we, we got to right this wrong. 
So it isn't just the United States that's you know in on this. It's well, you know every country in NATO has a hand in this. Tony Blair was super up there with us. Uh, Britain's prime minister or whatever he was. He was super happy. No, I will never go to the point of disrespecting any soldier and armed service member from any of these nations that went in there to fight in these wars. You did your service as was requested of you folks. And to me, you're still freaking heroes. You deserve every bit of mention and honor that any other before you has, especially the ones that have laid down their lives. I also have to apologize on behalf of the nation that sent you over there because, you know, from what I have seen from my, you know, recent deep dive into the events, this shit should have never happened. Yeah. I, 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 I don't hold anything against the soldiers. They were lied to, too. You know what I mean? Now, the ones that did some of the atrocities that we're going to touch on to here in a little bit, you know, you, 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 you folks over there at the Guantanamo and the other nameless prisons from that were out of the jurisdiction of the United States of America, you know who you are. You, you, most of you are paying for your, your, your crimes against humanity there. You know, one big fuck you. I doubt they're guys. listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're in federal prison probably. They, they probably got it. You know, oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe somebody can send it to them and let them hear me yeah, say fuck know. you. Yeah, you <laughs> that'd <know>. be cool. <laughs> You're a despicable human being in a time of despicable human actions. That yeah, you, you stand out. And you it's went above <laughs> and beyond. Yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're a shit show, but you, you sir. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and that whole part, that's definitely another bit of it that, you know, is, is coming, but, um, yeah, we are in full blown war. NATO's already invoked, invoked article five, which lets them join in and, you know, because an attack against one is an attack against all, um, full scale war all because of this CIA manhunt that went wrong. Um, and now we're into the, after this, you know, into that period of all the, uh, the anthrax scares and, you know, bombings and terrorist attacks all over the world. Because what has happened is in Afghanistan, we, we, all these people that we got to fight in the civil war, they started, you know, abandoning one side and joining in with the other. And then we went into freaking, uh, Iraq and, you know, we displaced their entire freaking military and you know how every anybody from the bath party pretty much you know took, oh yeah displaced them ruined the bath, their lives took it away from the them. bath party is an episode into of itself so now this little tiny ragtag al-qaeda group has grown they now have a full-fledged army yeah um <laughs> So the fighting has grown to a much larger scale. Now it's actually a full-blown freaking war. And unfortunately, it's of our own damn design because of one bad decision and a failed freaking mission. That's how bad I see it as, is I don't think any of this was supposed to have happened, but we rolled with it. We had plenty of times to stop it. And we, and we, didn't. Did, we, we didn't. And it seems almost as if we intentionally didn't. And, and that's that's what I think it all comes down unfortunately, to. Unfortunately, that's going to come back more into that later bit for the bonus deal because that's going to touch into part of the conspiracy things surrounding this whole tragic event. And I do want to touch on those, but uh, well, I don't want to take away from the actual conversation and digging too deep into those. Of you know, there's one that I do want to on the regular episode give a mention to because it's it's the one I I, I truly feel. I think we both agree that it was at least used to this effect. Um, but overall, the most popular conspiracy theories, and I'm, like I said, we're not going to get into most of these, 
The first one is that the attacks were a false flag to generate support for the war in the Patriot Act. Another is that the attacks were helped by the government. The third is that the attacks were carried out by the government. And the last one that is, uh, I, I'm pretty confident has been completely debunked, is the Pentagon was hit by a missile instead of an airplane. And go ahead and throw that one out. They finally released the videos. I don't know fucking why it took so long. Me, but I've been trying to fight that one since the day it freaking yeah. happened. Um, and to anybody that you know ever, you know, I spoke this to. Remember, folks, to, I tell you this because I had a family member in Washington at the time doing their job and witnessed that particular event there personally. Um, As for the false flag narrative, there's a historical event that we could compare to 9-11. That the 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 fall the actions that followed mirror pretty closely. It gives us kind of a historical precedent for what a false flag is. The Reichstag fire was an arson attack on the Reichstag Reichstag building, home of the German Parliament in Berlin. Precisely four weeks after Nazi leader Adolf Hitler had been sworn in as Chancellor of Germany, a Dutch communist was the apparent culprit. However, Hitler attributed the fire to communist agitators. He used it as a pretext to claim that communists were plotting against the German government and induced President Paul von Hindenburg to issue the Reichstag Fire Decree, which suspended civil liberties and pursued a ruthless confrontation with the communists. Like, he basically went to war against communism and had this thing back home to help fight it at home. The Reichstag Fire Decree, or is the common name <laughs> for the decree of the Reich President for the protection of people and state. Like they, they want much better with their names. The decree nullified many of the key civil liberties of German citizens. With Nazis in powerful positions in German government, the decree was used as the legal basis for the imprisonment of anyone considered to be opponents of the Nazis, and suppressed publications not considered friendly to the Nazi cause. The decree is considered by historians as one of the key steps in the establishment of a one-party Nazi state in Germany. The decree consisted of six articles. Uh, Article 1 indefinitely suspended most civil liberties set forth in the Weimar Constitution, including habeas corpus and and bioability of residents, secrecy of the post and telephone, freedom of expression, and of the press. The right to public assembly and the right of free association, as well as the protection of property and home. Articles 2 and 3 allowed the right government to assume powers normally reserved for the federal states. Articles 4 and 5 established draconian penalties for certain offenses, including the death penalty for arson to public buildings. Article 6 simply stated that decree took effect on the day of its proclamation. Although a scapegoat was found, tried in kangaroo court, and executed, majority of historians today agree that the fire was actually started by members of Hitler's SA. To recap and summarize, an attack by an unpopular enemy was carried out. A line allowing for war to be declared on an idea and greater control over the general citizenry. This seems to be what had happened in 9-11 aftermath as well. So the government undoubtedly used the attacks for their own purposes. The only real question left to go over is what, if any, was their level of involvement in the attacks? In the world of post-9-11 America, you can't really believe anything anybody says about it one way or the other. The terrorists set out to destroy America, and looking back 21 years later, it seems for me that they mostly succeeded. 
Yeah, um, and when you look at the long story of it, you can actually see step by step exactly how it all crumbled. Um, the first crack started to appear, you know, when we actually started, you know, having anti-Muslim, you know, events happening here in America. Violence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the hate and the violence against the Muslim population that was living here was the first cracks in our armor. And, you know, unfortunately, that it, it didn't really take much, just a little bit of fear from yeah. somebody that wasn't here. Somebody came here. They lived among us, yeah, for, for a while and then carried these attacks out. But we put the we we do what we do best as a people and we punish the whole for the actions of a few. Yeah. So because we were now a target for a terrorist group, we assume they're all terrorists. We do what humans do best. We generalize. And we blame everybody for it. And we did. It's, instead of you know, coming together and thinking of them as Americans as well, they were attacked as, as well. The, the population of Muslims that were here, by the vast majority, were Americans. Yeah, yeah, they felt just Business as bad about this as we did. They were just as scared of about another plane dropping out of the sky as we were, and now all of a sudden they're the villain. Like, yeah, they were just and this they were is, just on a bus. You this know? is uh, this is the U.S. we're talking about here. We just got attacked, and we're supposed to come together. And the first fucking thing we do is start hating. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck? And then we go over and we start wars. Because we're pissed off and we're throwing a tantrum. We got attacked. We can't stand for this. And you know, somebody's got to pay. Attack. We can so attack now everybody. the whole entire fucking region's got to pay? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, the Middle East conflict goes back so far. And I would love to do a series on the Middle East conflict. Because one, I want to learn more about it. And But two, I know a lot of it has to do with just general fuckery by people who had no rights. You know, we had no right to do so. Yeah, and somebody popping off a powder keg over there that we knew was an unstable area, you know, plays into what I am found, you know, my own little conspiracy theory that I'm seeing that, like I said, I'm not going to bring it up in the, in, the, in the post. I'm not even going to touch on, you know, this ties into this. I'm just going to, you know, state the facts. And if you happen to see it, you do, you know, but you ain't going to have heard it from me, at least in this. You know, we will touch on it more in the uh, the bonus, but it is by no means... You know, something that I'm trying to say actually happened is just a picture that could be painted from the colors that we have. Um, yeah, I will at no point in that ever say that this is a factual statement. This is just a fantasy that blew up in my mind while I was researching this. Um, and it might be one that's already out there that I just ignored because I was ignoring conspiracy theories when I was trying to do this. And Well, uh, I mean, it's... It's so hard to do with this with this topic because the even the truth seems to be a conspiracy theory. It does, you know, and it's like South Park, man. You know, it, the nine eleven conspiracy is a conspiracy. But, <laughs> you know, uh, even today, I still try to look at the events that happened from the beginning to the end as a series of unfortunate events. I I I would I like to sit there and look at it as things that were not planned. But that snowballed from that one bad fucking decision from that CIA you know, uh, strike group that went in. Um, uh, had we made a better choice there or had that succeeded? I, yeah, I, I really don't see us going down the path that we did. I, I honestly think we'd have went down a much better path that might have come to the same end conclusion that shows up in my little theory. 
Um, I think the end path is going to wind up in the exact same place, no matter how it gets there. Um, I th- just think that we're going down the unintentional path, but there's still a route to where the original path was going to go. Um, but the path we went, uh, like I said, we got this, you know, Guantanamo Bay. We've got this whole uh, freaking scares about dirty bombs and uh, weapons of mass destructions, which we found out to be somewhat of a stretch of the truth. I think uh-huh. your your use of the word somewhat is somewhat a stretch of the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's let's. <laughs> Let's admit that North Korea and Iran at this time had access to nuclear materials and could at that time. Well, it was Iraq. Iran. No, we went to war with Iraq. We did, but Iran was named in this oh, whole yeah, triad yeah, yeah. of power. Okay, yeah, we I never went to war with these other two countries. We, mm-hmm. we focused it in one no, spot. Something that always, but I think the only reason that did is because we met more resistance that we created than we ever fucking yeah, imagined. That, that's something always boggled my mind. We went to war with Iraq over potential weapons of mass destruction. At the same time, yeah. the president of fucking the dictator of North Korea is sending us videos, Instagrams pretty much, of the nuclear weapons he's building. And we're like, yeah, but we got to worry about these over here. But we've got <laughs> to solidify the people in this cause. We've got this cause going. We've got, we're trying to keep this togetherness together. Um, and what everybody's focused on right now is this fucking war and our hate on Muslims. So yeah, we so got to feel that. Yeah, instead of instead of trying to quell the fight against, hey, this isn't about Islam. It won't until years later they start talking about, no, it's only radical Islam. Yeah, no, you we got to fan the slaves. We got to keep the people together. We, we're, we're actually working together for something. Unfortunately, it's a horrible fucking thing, but we're working together, finally. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, so, but yeah, Iran and, and North Korea, they, that were mentioned in this, and I think this is why they were mentioned in this, they had the capability of building dirty bombs and, or some type of a nuclear explosive of some sorts and getting it to us. Not in missile form or anything like that. No, 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 so no. Snooks. It, it would have had to have been in a terrorist form, which was the war we were against. Hey, we can use this. Yeah. And it fanned the flames and it rebranded us behind this war effort. Well, so, then was, we find out that that shit was blown way out of fucking proportion. So now, like I said, the cracks start to appear. Mistrust in the government and in the media starts happening because we were just told, A, and that's not true. This is the whole reason we were supporting you was because you told us this and this ain't mm-hmm. true. That's look, when this whole thing started out because of the propaganda machine started feeding it yeah. through the media. And, like I said, and that's where it started, and that's where I said that's why why I say you know they, they wanted to destroy America, and in most ways they seem to have. Yeah, we this, are now completely divided, and it all started with that. It all started with the, them fuck, them planes hitting them buildings, and the media fucking bullshit afterwards. It just caused this great division, man. Like, like we never really. I mean, maybe since the Civil War and all this torture <laughs> thing that was done in the in these prison camps and stuff you know everybody gave the gave the blame to bush it's like bush became the president he needed to become at the time he didn't always make the best decisions i, I agree but, but things, things are done and he didn't do this particular part of it he didn't do this particular part of it the whole you know torture is going to work and it's going to get us the information that was cheney yeah yeah well <laughs> cheney good lord um 
Now, sometimes though, I miss I miss WWE. And when, and when that Chinese. part of it was brought <laughs> up into the Senate, when they tried to close Gitmo later after uh, Bush got taken out because the new upstart came in preaching anti-war stuff, uh, Mr. Obama came in well, and yeah, said, "We're going to close Gitmo." He also, he also like immediately extended the Patriot Act indefinitely. Uh, yeah, hang so. on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he comes into uh, into play um, because of our elections, and we're we're tired of the war. We're mistrusting our government a little bit because this this regime lied to us. Um, so now we got Obama coming in, going on that whole anti-war thing, and we're going to close Gitmo because of all these atrocities that are happening. And you know, so now we want, we've got Obama. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know, nothing against a man. I don't believe that whole brother stuff and all the controversy around all that crap, but let's We want to see his real... And I don't care that he was a Democrat <laughs> over a Republican. I don't give a shit because none of that fucking crap matters to me. But now we've got Obama. He comes in, and he's inherited this war. Yeah, yeah. He's got... And he doesn't think the part, the war in Iraq part, is worth us being into. He thinks we should be over there in Afghanistan where it all started. Unfortunately, we were already there. Yeah, we were already there. So uh, he 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 pulls he he puts it into motion for us to pull out. And, you know, we've got this little fledgling nation built because of the Bush nation building gun thing going effort. Um, and the thing in that nation building is we had to start over, like you said about you know, hey, starting over here. That's what we did there. We kicked everybody out. The guy that went over there to do that shit said we got to we got to start level everything, start from the front foundation up. So he kicked everybody out, which sent I don't know how many daggone uh, Iraqi soldiers straight into the arms of Al Qaeda. Yeah, uh, yeah, because um, they didn't have nowhere else to go. Well, now Al Qaeda has turned into an actual fucking army that they. Hey, now we're ISIS. Yeah, and, and then there was, uh, what was that, Al-Gharabi or whatever prison over there? Yes. And that, that's where ISIS was fucking, like, born. Like, so Obama <laughs> comes in. Abu Ghabi. Says he's going to end Gitmo and all this good stuff. Wins the Nobel Peace Prize after you know, nine months of being the president just because he wasn't Bush. <laughs> well, you know, we set the bar low. Um, <laughs> And the audacity, this is, this is the one thing that I do have against Obama, is that when he, when he gave the acceptance speech, the audacity of this man to say at the speech for the Nobel Peace Prize that you're not going to tolerate being threatened, that we're going to show the fucking resolve to finish this fucking war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like this is far away from the speech of peace that we can get yeah. without, actually, without actually saying, I declare war. Well, I mean, how many people got the peace prize, the Nobel Prize? Well, I don't think it was a peace prize. I think it was just the Nobel Prize for, like, the, the atomic bomb. But <laughs> but I, I, I got to look into their speech, but I'm pretty sure that, I'm, that they didn't come up there and say, yeah, I'm happy that it was used to blow up a few cities. <laughs> All these deaths, man, I... <laughs> they just gave him the douche of the year award. That one blew my mind, and, I, and that popped back up on here. And I was like, "Yeah, I remember that dickhead." <laughs> but uh, okay, so now he's got this war. He pulls out of Afghanistan, uh, not Afghanistan, Iraq, against the the advice of every fucking body that's got a hand yeah. in this. They're not ready. We knew what would happen. We we took, um, um, but he made a promise. 
Yeah, we, so we, out we went. <laughs> Less than twenty four hours we later, like every other president, and just break them. Less than twenty four <laughs> hours later, the new president arrested his vice president, and all hell broke loose. Yeah, and then cool. ISIS like comes in and says, "Hey, thanks for joining." Yeah, uh, so we fed this war more. But the thing is, we had to have known that it was going to happen because of the Medellin cartel and Pablo Escobar. We knew. That if you go in there and you you make a power vacuum and you don't fill it yourself, everybody else is going to try and fill it. Well, the idea is that you we know, did fill it by creating this whole new democratic government over there and teaching their people how to fight, and giving them armament. I mean, we yeah. weren't there long enough. <laughs> we no, we haven't been there anywhere near long. Come on, enough. man, we gave them guns, tanks, ammunition, fucking. And we even held them write their own version of a constitution. And these people are still angry. Like you, you, they're still trying to like. You know, they're living in bombed out huts. Like <laughs> you know, it's, they're they're still angry. And now the only people who oh, yeah, that things, turn over there was fast. You know, we went from having fuckers cheering for us being there to fucking you know joining the fight against us in like weeks. Well, they, yeah, they they got fed the same propaganda we did. Hey, we're going to make it all better. No, we're going to remove your current power structure. We're going to build up. Yeah, a, a, they a heard us coming out there saying that. Yeah, we're going to make this all better for you. Everything's yeah. going to be great, and then they continuously see, but you're bombing my neighbor. Yeah, and you can, <laughs> we built we built a house of cards, and then we left with a helicopter that blew it all over. It, it, it fucked everything up. So man. We, uh, yeah, we we left that big giant clusterfuck over there. We're back in Afghanistan fighting like hell over who, what again? I really don't know at this point. We're just trying to stop a fight that we started. From, well, we paid we, for this fucking fight to go. We paid American dollars well, to get that fight see, started. Here's here's where I get a little bit, you know, dude from Sunny in Philadelphia in the basement with all the string theory. Oh, they got right? opium. They ain't got oil. Exactly. And what happened around the time? That we went back to Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, the opioid addiction. <laughs> the opioid crisis. All of a sudden, Oxycontins, which they had been feeding us, like they've been over-prescribing since around 9-11, they started prescribing these Oxycontins in massive doses. Then they started cutting them off and making the street price really, really high. And then all of a sudden, we go to Afghanistan, there's this influx of heroin, and it's cheaper than Oxycontin for a high. And now you can just continue a war. You got a war on two fronts. You're fighting a war where the opium's coming from, and you can keep throwing people in prison for, for heroin. And in fact, give heroin people with heroin charges harsher sentences because it's the new thing. To, it's the new crack, baby. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's, and I know that might be a conspiracy theory or whatever, but it's what I truly believe we went back to Afghanistan for. With the only other time there was a huge heroin epidemic, Vietnam. Where there's also huge fucking poppy fields. And this is where all our black <laughs> friends are looking at us like, yeah, your turn, white motherfuckers. Yeah. That, that <laughs> you didn't think the crack thing was a big deal, did you? Uh -huh. It didn't touch your fucking neighborhood. Uh, huh? one of his Netflix specials. He's like, you know, I'm looking at this heroin epidemic. And I'm looking around. And I finally understand what white people saw 
when the black people were suffering with the crack epidemic, and they're right. I don't give a fuck either. <laughs> Brilliant man. <laughs> He's fucking right. Because now, now it's the suburban white kids that are dying yeah. from fentanyl overdoses. And you know, they got a stronger opioid now. They felt something stronger than fentanyl. And they're like, fuck yeah. And I'm like, but you already made the angel of death. <laughs> so that could be one of the reasons that we decided that Afghanistan was way more important than any other place we had boots in ground at the time i don't know it's the only thing that it's the only freaking thing they got other than saying their culture back we didn't bring their people back and we we damn sure don't have a democracy over there what we did the only thing that happened was a lot of opium um so yeah that, that the war kept going on and you know then you know because this man that said he's supposed to be ending the war actually ramped up freaking drone strikes and uh, <laughs> well it's not boots on the ground <laughs> he tried he tried to get the Guantanamo thing built by executive uh, stopped by executive order but Congress shut him down yeah including our current and, president and the last one that tried yeah. to run with uh, hey, Tom no man that's just the one we know about you got cargo ships out there that are fucking black sites. it was a 90 to 6 vote to keep Guantanamo open. Yeah, just leave it. 90 to 6. This wasn't a, per, a, a, a partisan fucking thing. This was completely across the aisle, shaking hands kind of deal. Oh, yeah. We got we got to keep torturing these people. What? Our armor has broken and fallen to the fucking ground yeah. now. Well, you also got to think of, look at, look at all the interests of the people who voted. You know what I mean? It's like, when you're... you're not, Keeping that open keeps the war on terror going, which keeps the money flowing. You know, you got you got fucking Lockheed Martin, you got Halliburton, you got Carlisle Group, you got fucking everything in the fucking world. You know, is making money off this war. Why would they stop it? You know, why would they do anything to make it better? Um, but yeah, the the whole mistrust of this in the situation now. Now we've got. In America at this time, we've got the whole, we got to hate the Muslims, they're the enemy, and then you've, you're starting to get the whole other side of it, that, that no, they're not. Um, we're not at war with Islam, we're uh, at war with a, a radical group. And it starts the division here at home in the, in the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Now we're a bunch of racists, and now we're the people for trying to fight the racists. I get that. It's what it was. <laughs> people hate Muslims. It's not the Muslims. It's a specific group of people. That was the, the, the beginning of the division of the people. Um, and, um, and that was less than 10 years from the time that we had everybody you know, singing Kumbaya, all brothers and stuff, and you know, everybody in Congress standing and you know, singing, saying prayers yeah. and shit. I mean, yeah. Everything from 9-11 to the, this particular point about 10 years later also has been have 100% rise. fucking support from everybody. It doesn't matter what we do. Just do it. Yep. Including that freaking uh, Homeland Security Act that fell hand in hand with the Patriot Act. Because the Patriot Act put all these uh, entities with more power. Yeah. The Homeland Security Act consolidated all that power into a newly formed group that only had to answer to Congress. Yeah. So now you have all this extra power in the hands of one group. Hello out there, everybody. Uh, This is Richard. 
Uh, hopefully it's recording good this time. I have spent all day trying to remove a technical issue that happened in the recording of the episode from shortly after this point on. Um, oddly enough, because, you know, neither me or Mike have any clue what we're doing, we're just kind of teaching ourselves as we're going. Um, this is all real new to us. Uh, somehow, during the middle of our conversation, our computers went rogue and started recording in this echo. And by recording in, I mean it's part of the audio file. It's part of the audio itself. So I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, and the solution I came to was this. Um, from about a minute and a half from this point forward, maybe a minute, uh, there's sort of a tunnel sound, as if me and Mike are sitting in a, a gymnasium or something. Um, it's not a horrible echo, it's, but it's not great either. Um, I completely understand if you want to pass on this, and the bonus episode that we recorded to go with this episode, uh, the Patreon only, it's going to be the same. Um, there's really nothing I can do about it. I've tried. Uh, if any of our listeners out there want to download the audio and clean it up and send me a, a sample, hey, that'd be great. And I'll, I'll update it if you can do it. I, I, however, it is beyond my know-how. It is beyond Mike's know-how. This is the best solution we could come up with, so thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's just, I, I, I actually spent a good hour trying, reading through that, uh, the Homeland Security Act about the, who had what responsibilities and what powers they had, who had to answer to who. It's a convoluted piece of crap. It, it really is, man. It, it basically good. says that the Secretary of Homeland Defense has fucking ultimate power over the FBI, CIA, National Guard, Coast Guard to use as they fucking see fit, including to create posses on the American soil to hunt down anybody that they claim to be a terrorist. And that's all. They, they don't have to prove you're a terrorist. No, they just have to claim <laughs> and you're a terrorist. Can, and they can lock you up on one of these cargo ship black sites or at Gitmo or in the fucking detention center downtown indefinitely. Yes. Fucking indefinitely. Now, that and everything else that's going on, we're, we're, this is the point where we're actually starting to see that the, this power is being used and you know, we're not loving it, but we're accepting it because, hey, we're at war with the Muslims. And then you got the other group, you know, do what you got to do. But well, during this time of our going to war with the Muslims, a huge thing across America was the rise of the megachurch. Oh, yeah. And so you have this far-right evangelical Christianity thing equating patriotism with, your, with Islamophobia and with patriot and Christianity. You, you can't be a, Christian, a patriot without being a Christian, and, and you can't be a, pa a Christian patriot without hating the Muslims. You remember Bush you gotta, made it good, in, good versus evil, the, uh, yeah. the, I'm fighting the axis of evil. Yeah, church Dude, population was in, up. I was, I was, this was against, this was Christians against Muslims. We had militant <laughs> church groups forming. So I was in, I was in, um, I was still, still being forced to go to like vacation Bible school and shit like that when I was when I was this age during the old post nine eleven thing. And I shit you not, man. The the theme that year because every year there was like one year was like cowboys. The theme that year was soldiers. And yeah. there was this big fucking life size cutout of President Bush with his fucking and like we want to go see soldiers all dressed up as military. They had this huge life size cutout of them in like in the classroom. And it's like this looks a lot like you know those those things are like Stalin. 
dressed up as a pope or whatever. You know, it's like there's something wrong here. And it, it, it and then when I went in, when I got older, I held during like the, the post pre-Trump election. I was, you know, recently forced to live at that time with my dad and my stepmother, and part of my condition for staying there was I had to go to church with them. And I show you not, the preacher told his congregation, well, I can't tell you how to vote, but if President if Trump isn't made President of America, I don't know where this country's going. Well, it's going the same place it was. But, you know, it, it became, the, the separation of church and state died with 9-11. Like, it's still, it's, it, it, there's still, like, a, the corpse is still there desiccating. But, <laughs> it, it, it. Um, there, there, there never is a, a separation of church and state. The separation of church and state is mentioned nowhere. Um, so, no, it's not. It's that the, the state shall not form a national religion. Yeah, and also that they should not, they're like, you can't, I can't think of the word. But it's basically saying that uh, they, the state cannot form a religion, nor can it have any, like, say-so in the practice of a religion. Yeah, yeah the, the First Amendment, freedom of freedom of religion. That also means that they can't really sponsor a religion or support a religion in any way, which right. they... Well, <laughs> that happened a very long time ago. Last um, week. No, I can point to examples no, of this last week. This nation was founded as a Christian nation, despite <laughs> the fucking fight against doing so. That's going to be a whole nother episode. But... But For long this, ago, this nation was, th was thought of as a Christian nation. Whether or not the whole founding fathers thought of... The basic stories is that they did. The basic idea is that they, even the, the, the signers of the country, the people that actually formed this nation did so as a, as a Christian nation because, I mean, it's under God, we, you know, yeah, God given rights and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, they even though there were a lot of, you know... Folks at that time really wished we'd have kept the whole well, most reference of them, I out of it. were they called deists. They weren't so much Christians, but they believed in a God. But you know, they also didn't have the amount of science that we do now. But they yeah, believed in. They were called deists. They believed in a God, but they weren't specific like church going. Yeah, Christians. but it wasn't long after that point. Whether they did it under the Christianity flag or not, but they did it under a God which gave open to the whole Christian thing. So it's we've been a Christian nation long before this well, shit happened. Not necessarily. God doesn't say the Christian guy. It, it doesn't. It could be. But Christianity God. became the 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 founded the the. The basis religion, you know, eighty-seven percent, I think, at one time were Christians in this country, <laughs> and yeah, you know, that number has been fairly steady since they've been doing it until recently. Now it's slipped to like seventy. Well, unless, unless we just want to openly become a theocracy, you, you, well, that's, that's that's the separation of church and state, not the fact that they they can't you know include prayer and you know, you know be part of the religion. Sure. Just can, they can't sponsor it. They can't, can't say this is what you yeah. have to be. You, know, you, you can't back it like that. You, you can't. You, you can't limit citizenship on your 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 theological beliefs. You know, right. so that, that's your and, separation. And, 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 be, and because of other like things within the Constitution, and whatnot, you can't can't express uh, any kind of like uh, bias or whatever. You know, you can't discriminate based on their religion. Because of, partially because of that, you know, if, unless you start to discriminate other religions. And you, you're a theocracy already. And I said, that's ever since, well, Jerry Falwell. You have to fuck with that First Amendment. You have to fuck with that First Amendment to get it there. Which is why we have the second one in case somebody fucks with the first one. Yeah, but then we have the Patriot Act, so I'm going to go to prison indefinitely 
if I do something using the Second Amendment to protect my First Amendment. <laughs> this might label you as a terrorist. It's like magic. You just lay down that counterspell. You know, that's, that's the Patriot Act. The counterspell. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... But now, the, now we're sitting over here... Like I say, we've, we've got the man that's supposed to end the war, and then we've got this whole freaking uh, thing you know, about his the birth the birther movement popping in with Obama. And remember, we've already got some government mistrust because they've lied to us before. Um, so somebody starts feeding on that fear, and you know, then this person decides, you know what, it'd be a great idea if um, I put my hat into the ring here. I know the pulse of the people. Watch how good I can talk to them. And you know, everybody else is at this time of this new election is trying to talk their way out of the war. And you got this one outstanding brandish fucking old bastard over here saying, you know, nah, we can go over there and fucking kill them. All of them. Torture and fucking do it when torture fucking works. I'll go over there and I'll fucking put an end to this shit. No, Mr. Donald fucking Trump. And it's got worse. <laughs> Fed on the fears and the mistrust like it was a fucking vampire. Yeah. Fed us a line of bullshit that we bought hook, line, and sinker. Not even a new line of bullshit. No! Not the same fucking line that's been fucking coming out since 9-11. Just rehashed and fucking flipped over and burning the other side now, buddy. I mean, we are getting fish fried like hell. <laughs> hit all these fucking damn notes and yeah, we hit every fucking fear perfectly. Now we've got Donald Trump as the president. The right people. Donald Trump did not become president and ruined the United States. The United States was fucking ruined, therefore we got Donald Trump. Yeah. I've I, never I heard it said that. better than that. Um, I can't remember where the hell I heard it. I heard it actually, I think from uh, Bill Maher said something very similar. Because he was like, you know, congratulations everybody. Now we have a madman for president. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> now that said, I cannot honestly say that everything that Trump, Donald Trump did as president was bad. Surprisingly, for the person that he is, he was a pretty decent president in my eyes. I mean, I don't think any of them are truly effective. So that's no, no. <laughs> you never going to be swinging one way or the other. I think I don't buy. The, I don't buy how bad Donald Trump is because one, I see the bigger picture. Donald Trump is just a piece of the puzzle. I think they've all been that bad. I just think that now we're being allowed to see more of it to make us more and more willing to turn away from it. Is getting lazy. It's not even a cover up anymore. It's like, hey, look how corrupt this shit is. You want to get rid of it? You want to do something different? And, you know, as far as I go, like I said, I, I, I honestly agree with you now. Yeah. I, I do. I, I, again, that's going to have to come later in the in the bonus bit. I thought but, we were already in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, now Trump enters the field. He preyed on our fears, and he promises, and you know, he he kind of does a damn good job in the war effort. I mean. I don't know. Uh, for what war is. <laughs> for what war is, I guess. I mean, he did get us out of Afghanistan, but... No, he didn't get us out of Afghanistan. He, he, he made it into... He got it to where it was a somewhat stable-ish. Well, but he, he got us out of, you know, out of the new involved Syria and all this ISIS stuff. He pretty much squashed ISIS. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked too much into what's happening. And if we're going to give fucking Barack the, the credit for getting out of Iraq, 
We can give Trump credit for getting out of Iraq. But we give him credit for doing so. If we're going to give him credit for getting out of Iraq, no matter how bad that turned out, we can give Donald Trump credit for pretty much ruining it and breaking ISIS. I can't blame him. I can't blame him for us getting it back. It went from ISIS to back to hey, we're just this little group of Taliban over here hiding in the fucking mountains. Um, probably. But all the freaking hate and all this fucking division that he is feeding on that was already there. He came out because of that freaking shit. Yeah, not, he didn't cause if, this shit. If, the, if post on eleven hadn't happened, there would have been no. Used it, yes. <laughs> he used the crap out of that division and the fear. Did it perfectly. He fed it. He said it. He did. Like, there, there was many times he was given the opportunity to be Christ. And he was groups. something different than the politicians <laughs> that have been lying to us about all along. But that doesn't mean he's also not a liar. <laughs> he just told different lies. I wish I could come up with some kind of a freaking argument to that, but you know. He just came up with different lies. As much credit as I give Donald Trump, I have to admit who Donald fucking Trump is and what he did to get where he was. Uh, and what he did while he was there and what he continues to do now. Yeah. Um, For fuck's sake. <laughs> I love the fact that he went to, on the tariff trade war kind of a deal and, 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 and worked some shit out there. I love the fact that he tried to go on the whole America first thing, make America great again. I believe in that movement. I mean, yeah. I don't believe what the movement had become. It's kind of like the whole Black Lives Matter thing. You know, everybody was all behind that until they realized that, hey, there's a, a different Black Lives Matter that is actually pieces of shit. Like, I was, I was, I was extremely pissed off after George Floyd because I've been saying it for years. I wasn't so much focused on the racial thing of it. I was just focused on, hey, look, guys. We're under attack by well, these fuckers. this is why I understand the whole Black Lives Matter movement you know, from a different perspective. I mean, I'm not black, and, but, you know, and I try not to be racist. I admit that I'm freaking white, and sometimes it happens. It must be heredity or the way I was raised. Sometimes I slip into shit. Um, I say stupid shit sometimes. Um, and if I ever say something like that, call me out on it and let me apologize. Don't freaking just go absolutely nuts and make it out into a big giant mountain when we can sell it as a molehill. I will offer to apologize if I ever cross that freaking line, trust me. And I'll do it heartfelt. But Trump didn't. <laughs> he fed on it. Yeah. I, mean, like I, said I wouldn't say he's a racist, but he definitely fed on the racism. Well, like I said about Trump before, and I'll say it again. I'll, I'll swear until I die because he proved it. Not every Trump supporter was a white supremacist, racist piece of shit. Every white supremacist, racist piece of shit was a Trump supporter. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't met one that wasn't. Yeah, there, there's one that comes to mind. I'm not going to name the name, but you know, went to a, a specific person's funeral that was um, you know, very high up in the Klu Klux Klan, and his name is not Donald Trump. No, no. Uh, Strom Thurmond's funeral? Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And the fact that he's so, I mean, Just because we're not calling him one right now, that doesn't mean... No, no. But, but, but I, mean, I don't know why we're not calling him one. But Well, I think they are. It's a matter of, it's like they, they look at it as being no, during that time, the Democratic Party was at the, at the time. The, the, the only people calling Biden racist right now are fucking Trumpists that don't get listened to. <laughs> but I mean, it's like during that, during that time, the Democratic Party that was the party of the Klan. 
You know, the, 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 the far right, kind of, it, it switched at some point. And this isn't a tangent, folks. Biden is the guy that we got next because of you know, the Trump division just got so hard and we got so fucking fed up with it that we tried something else. Yeah, and we voted for next. We, we, we voted in another rich, white, racist guy. And if anybody claims that he's not racist, I dare you to watch that fucking uh, the, the, the little episode with Charlemagne the God. How in the hell did he get away with saying that without getting a fat lip? I have no idea. How did Charlamagne not jump across the goddamn table and punch him right in the fucking face? You know, I mean, he's a piece of shit. They're all pieces of shit, though. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying is they're giving us increasingly crazy shit, right? So that when we choose, it's like the South Park choose between deuce and a turd sandwich. They're making it crazier and crazier and crazier. And we get so sick and tired of this thing that when they offer something different, Something probably worse for the populace. We'll be ready for it. We'll want it. Because, I mean, goddamn, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a fucking anarchist. I just want the shit to hurry up and fucking finish so that the rest of us can get on with life. You know, I can't, I can't start cleaning up shit until the rubble's done falling. And I just want the fucking rubble to fall because it's clearly fucking happening. Yeah, like I said, this conversation is definitely going to go on past the end of this particular podcast because we are at the end of this, folks. This is, we got one last event that happened here, and that's when Biden comes in to close up the 9-11 loop. And that is him withdrawing from Afghanistan. Finally, the war is over. 20 long years later. And how do we end it? It's just bounce. As fucked up as we started it. People hanging on the side of a goddamn plane trying to get out of there, man. Like that meme with the SpongeBob item head out. They know how bad it's going to get, dude. They're hanging on the side of a fucking airplane trying to leave this country to get to the somewhere else. Yeah, just over there. We've never seen that kind of shit before they know how bad the situation is going to get over there and because we saw it in iraq we saw it in iraq we saw what happened in iraq we're like this is just going to happen again because we never really made any headway in afghanistan like there's there's stories i could tell man that i'll, I'll save it for the patreon thing but we won't doing anything but just slaughtering and and holding territories that we didn't really hold we were, it was pointless. It exactly. was just somewhere to throw money at. And we did it for 20 fucking years. And a lot of our boys died. A lot of their people died. And the ones that didn't die, some of them worse for coming back, man. Some, I have friends that can't went to Iraq. And they're fucked up, man. Their heads are fucked now because of the shit they went through. And the shit they saw. And the shit that not just, they won't just have gangs. It was just a 20 years of atrocity that ended with more atrocity. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, my closing remarks for this, like I said, we've reached the end of this uh, you know, with the withdrawal of Afghanistan that kind of closes the chapter, but not the end of the story. The book is much longer than we're giving it credit for. If you think this whole 9-11 episode and things related to it is over, folks, I've got big, big surprise for you. We ain't seen nothing yet. Um, and we're going to touch a little bit onto that here for the Patreon folks here shortly. But just remember, folks, we went from pulling together, being one nation, under God, if you want to call it that, but we, we were one nation. We were Americans. We were all brothers. And in 20 short fucking years, look at what we have around us. Did we take advantage of the situation we were handed with that great tragedy? Never waste a tragedy. Well, 
Somebody's, Somebody's taking advantage of it. Yep. Yep. Did we? I think we've missed the mark, folks, and I think we really need to take a big, long look at ourselves and find out where we want the next 20 years to go. Because right now we are standing at the cusp of the beginning of the next chapter. What we do from this, this point forward here in the next few years will define us for generations to come. So pay attention and try to be better people. That's, that's about as good as it can come. Try to be better people. Don't be good. <laughs> just, just be better. Yeah, that's the best we can ask, guys. And uh, like I said, once again, we're going to go over to our bonus episode from Patreon on this one. Um, so we have a $5 tier. You can join us on there. Uh, you can find us, our normal episodes like this one, well, where you're listening to it now. And there's other places you can find it, too. Um, you can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, sometime soon. Uh, you can get it now on Amazon Music. You can get it on Audible. You can find us on Acast. Um, we're setting up. We're trying to figure out what's going on with YouTube. They keep... They, they told me one thing, and they told Mike another thing, and we don't know what's going on with YouTube. We're trying to be on YouTube. Uh, once I get moved and everything is situated, we're going to start doing uh, Twitch streams. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll have a couple of live episodes thrown in here. A couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, those will probably eventually be available also on our uh, Patreon bonus pages. Um, yeah, until, uh, so until next time, unless you're joining us on Patreon, you know, fuck around and find out. And yeah, mine is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Right on, guys. <laughs>